What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you today. Uh, today is going to be a really interesting day on Get the Ball Rolling. I'm going to give you my thoughts, my ideas. Uh, first off on this, this this idea, I've been kind of noodling around in my head, followed by uh, my predictions for the FCS quarterfinals. Now, this is going to be an FBS slash FCS topic, and it will probably take quite a while to explain. Now, I understand uh, this idea might seem foreign to our, you know, our listeners at first, but trust me, go with this idea, and then we'll follow up what, what we saw uh, with the FCS. Kind of crazy, uh, everything that has happened. Uh, glad to be back with you guys. Uh, you know, crazy as in the 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 first round sixteen game or the sixteen team uh, tournament with within the FCS, and now we have the draft barreling toward us. Uh, last year, I did a lot more draft stuff with the FCS. This year. It's really hard to talk about him. Uh, for example, Trey Lance hasn't played. I mean, played against UCA, uh, but he hasn't played since, honestly, the 2019 season. And uh, honestly, I love him. That's my thought on it. I was asked. And uh, there's a lot of other guys, uh, opt-outs, that went to the draft. So it's like, uh, outside of Trey Lance, I don't know how good they are because I haven't seen them play. I got to see it. I'm a visual learner. I'm a visual kind of guy. Uh, I, I've got to. I've got to be able to dissect the, and 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 you know take the analysis. But here we go. Let's get rolling today. So. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story of how this idea came to be. My friend and I, uh, Jeff. Tuckett, uh, he's the host with me on Orange and Blue podcast with Woos Media. He, him and I, you know, run slinging the pill together, and we were sitting there talking. Uh, I told him to watch this this show called Ted Lasso. Now, Ted Lasso is about a a football coach, Wichita State, even though they don't have a football program, but a Wichita State football coach, American football coach, goes over to England. And uh, is now coaching a soccer team in the English Premier League. And he's an American. He's from Kansas. He doesn't have any idea about, uh, you know, how England is, how soccer works. He keeps on asking, you know, what is offsides? Uh, no, really, like, please tell me. Like, I don't understand what offsides is. It didn't look like he was offsides. Anyway, super funny show, Apple TV. Uh, it is TVMA. It does swear. Uh, but yeah, just just want to put that out there if, uh, you know, little kids are listening. Super funny. Everybody should watch it. I love. I loved it. I thought it was a great, uh, you know, great series. Anyway, so uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I started looking in, you know, the ending or whatever. But this is where it came to. I started looking into uh, soccer, and 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 I like soccer. I'm a Manchester City fan. I like Atlético de Madrid. I like those teams. I follow them a little bit. Seattle Sounders, Real Salt Lake, uh, here in in the United States. I follow it a little bit. Uh, not to do, you know, I'm not an expert or anything, but I learned about this principle called uh, relegation, which means that uh, you know they take if if you can't compete with the top dogs, you get bumped down to a lower tier of soccer. And, and it's an entire club. It's not an individual. The entire club gets moved down to a different division. And I said, wow, that's kind of interesting. That, that seems weird. Like, you know, if you go 0-12 in the FBS, you still stay in the FBS. If you go 12-0, you know, good for you. If you are Boise State, BYU, but you're never able to break in to the Power 5 conferences, right? So I started thinking, I'm like, how, how, okay, let's just play out the scenario. 
how would we get relegation here in the United States for college? NBA, you can't really do it. MLB, I mean, you could, but not really, really, you know, established brands. Wait, college football, it might work. So this is how I'm going to explain how it would work, okay? Number one, the Power Five conferences would be smushed and condensed down into four 16-team conferences, okay? So we're going from a Power Five to a Power Four. Uh, in in my mock-up, I kind of divided out the teams, took teams, pulled teams. It kind of got messy because, you know, you want to kind of do uh, where, it, you know, geographically it would make sense, but... Oh, well, that's what I did. So you can just, you can create your own, you know, 16 teams, uh, four conferences, write them out, uh, you, you know, do it. And we're not going to have any independence. So yes, Notre Dame, you're going to be in a Power 5 conference, or in this case, a Power 4 conference, right? And I said, okay, 16 teams, Power 4 conference. Okay, that seems legit. We could do an eight, you know, divide it into, into two halves. Eight teams would be your eight conference tournament. There are eight conference games. Play everyone on your side, and you're going to play four uh, non-conference games. Or maybe you'd have like one crossover, and then you know the because you have eight, you're a team, so you'd have seven. So eight. Anyway, uh, it, it 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 works out. So you have eight conference games with uh, four non-conference games. And I said, okay, well that kind of solves the whole. We need to expand the playoffs because I'm for a four-team playoff. Next, I said, okay, well, the whole thing of relegation is that the people from the bottom can join the top and the people from the top can lose their standing and go into the bottom. So I divided up, uh, it was from last year and I did it from two years ago, and I took the bottom two teams. So out of the SEC, in, in my mock scenario, was Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Those two teams would then fall out and they would be put in the Conference USA. Now, out of the Conference USA, it would be Marshall and UCF that would join the SEC. Whoa, earth shattering, right? Now you're going to say, well, why would we want to see Alabama beat up on UCF? Well, it's just the bottom two teams out of every Power Four conference would then drop, and the top two teams out of the group of four conferences would then have the opportunity to go up, right? So you're kind of getting this switch. As for the group of four conferences, they are now four conferences, right? The bottom two get demoted or, you know, relegated down to the FCS. And then the top eight out of the FCS have the opportunity to then join uh, the FBS in the, you know, the group of five. We already have this, this idea. We already have this concept. We have power five. We have group of five. So we already understand that there's one tier that's a little bit better. So it would be able to work. Now you're going to say, okay, well, uh, you know, we might be getting a lot of bounce, bouncing back and forth. You know, Rutgers, uh, they would have dropped out of the Big Ten. They would have been put into the American Athletic Conference. Holy cow, Rutgers is now playing Tulsa instead of Michigan. Kind of sucks, right? But it would be able to put pressure, uh, you know, to, to, to invest in the football team, to invest in the football program, uh, to be able to get back. Because as Rutgers, you don't want to be playing against, you know, ECU, Tulsa, th those teams. And, and it's no offense to those teams. You just want to be going up. You've been so used to going up against the big dogs you want to play the big dogs if you if you want to be the best you got to play the best right and so then i set up the uh something that is similar to the the point system that they use in europe three points for a win now you're going to say why would we need points well conference games uh it would be three points for a win zero points for a loss because it's your conference you should be it should be equal uh and then you're going to go uh, you know, in the non-conference games, you're going to get teams like a Boise State who's sitting down in the Mountain West who goes, holy cow, you know what? This next year I'm going to play Oklahoma State. Now they're in the Big 12. 
and you're going to look and you're going to say, okay, beat a power four conference. Even though they're in the group of four in, in my scenario, they can play a power four conference and they get points awarded to them to be, to then, you know, even if they lose, it's, it doesn't matter wins or losses. It all matters about points and how much you win. Obviously wins, three points, two losses for a team, uh, you know, whether Boise State playing, if they're in the group of four playing a power four conference, and then zero points if you lose. So if Bama, you know, plays uh, a UCF and they lose, which I don't think they would, or, you know, how about Auburn? Auburn plays because we saw UCF win, uh, you know, they lose. Auburn's not out any points. They scheduled UCF. Yeah, they don't get the th the the three points from the win, but oh well, you know what? That's a really good UCF team, and maybe they'll be playing us again this next year. I believe it cuts down on a lot of problems. It solves a lot of problems uh, within college football. Number one, it solves the whole contentious, uh, you know, college football playoff. We don't have to expand. We take the winners, uh, you know, the top two champions out of each conference. They play each other for a spot in the college football playoff. And then, so then we don't have that. The The group of four teams, even if you're super good, you're going to have the, the, the chance next year to be able to get in. And these teams like a UCF, Cincinnati, BYU, Boise State, that are good in year in, year out, are going to be better than a Rutgers, Vanderbilt, uh, Arkansas. Even though Arkansas had a good year last year, Arkansas, uh, Kentucky for a long time, Purdue had a really uh, bad year this last year. These teams are going to have the opportunity, and if they if they play well, then they should be rewarded to play with the big dogs. And if they play extremely well, for example, BYU, who catches lightning in a bottle this last year, I understand they lost to Coastal Carolina, but it was you know forty eight hour notice. Give them a little bit of credit. Then they're going to be able to they're going to be able to prove it. And we're not going to have the what if. We're never going to have the thought of oh my goodness, you know. What could have been if Cincinnati would have made the playoffs? What could have been if Utah would have made the playoffs when back in, in 2008? What could have been when UCF, uh, you, know, you know, what about if they would have made the playoffs? We could have, they could have totally won. Well, it solves those problems because they're going to be going up against superior competition, and then they also have the chance to lose. They can drop out. It would be embarrassing if you're one of the power four teams or power five in, in today's society and you lose. And now you're going up against teams that don't have as big of budgets as you don't have, you know, as storied as you, but some of these teams in the power five conferences now, which would be the power four conferences then have extremely uh, good stories. They are extremely talented teams. So, so I know it's kind of a, an interesting thought the, the, the sense of relegation. And I don't know if anybody would go to it. And I might be just talking into a microphone uh, in my house. But I really think that it could work. And I think it solves all of the major issues, all of the major contention points. Alabama's going to be good. They're going to be good no matter what, right? But they, get, they can still schedule a Chattanooga for the, the you know, non-conference or preseason, however you want to, pre-conference games. But... Those teams are not, because they scheduled Alabama, they're going to get points that they would then be able to prove it to the rest of us that, that, that they are competitive. I think from a fan's perspective, it solves all of our issues as fans. I don't think from an administrative perspective, if you're you know a team that, that you know that your, your football team is just not good year in and year out, you would probably not go for this idea. But I think it increases competition. It brings new life back into college football. And we're not going to get people halfway through the season saying, I don't want to play 
uh, I'm opting out of the season to to go for the NFL draft because you're always going to have that that issue of the points, right? Uh, I think it would be really, really an interesting thought. And then for the FCS, on the FCS level, you have a team like Weber State who realistically probably beats New Mexico State, UMass, UConn, and they have an opportunity to then play in the Mountain West. Weber State's good in year in, year out, so they would probably be a mid-tier Mountain West team. So instead of getting, you know, never being on ESPN, all of a sudden they're on ESPN, they're on CBS Sports Network, they're getting a little bit more pub, all of a sudden more kids start going to them, bigger recruiting, then all of a sudden they might hit that breakthrough. You think about North Dakota State, for example. I mean, they honestly could they could play in the Mountain West Conference right now if we pulled them up right now. Same thing with James Madison into the American Athletic Conference. Right now, they could play. And I think it would be really interesting to see them play. And it gives them that opportunity. Dixie State, my alma mater, uh, I'm an alumnus of Dixie State University down here in St. George. They almost beat... New Mexico State, which is crazy that we almost beat a a FBS team. So the the discrepancy in talent isn't there. Just like in soccer, the difference between uh you know I know that Arsenal is a really popular team and they've been really good, but the difference between an Arsenal and Manchester United or Manchester City is not that far apart. But if you have a couple bad years, you have a couple bad seasons, you could end up losing that. Uh, and I believe this would just be for football. You'd have to make it, you know, the, the football conference uh, of those kinds of things. And then, uh, you know, you have a lot of other logistical errors. But that's basically, if you understand soccer, uh, you can kind of understand, you can kind of grasp the concept uh, of what I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to get at. I think it would really make uh, college football, it would breathe life into college football, which Honestly, we could all use a little bit more college football uh, day in and day out. I think it would make for great talking points on ESPN, on Fox, on CBS Sports Network. I think it, and for people like me, small-time podcasters. And then it would also make it great for ESPN and and all these other ones because we're going to see uh, we're going to see David play against Goliath. Goliath will not be able to hide behind the Power 5 shields and say, well, you're not good enough to play me and you're just good because you're playing inferior competition when UCF, you know, beat Auburn, Cincinnati, you know, beat Georgia. It, I think it would be a really interesting uh, experiment, which I'm really excited to you know, talk about, and maybe it is something in the future that it could happen. But anyway, that was just kind of a, a kind of an interesting thought that I had. And I think, uh, you know, when I'm just sitting around at work or, and I'm sitting in my house, I think about these things and I want to share them with you. All right, we're going to be moving on to the FCS. Uh, what happened in the last 16 uh, teams? A bunch of people asked me for my predictions, and I gave them out. Uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter, be sure to follow me on Twitter at GetRolling19. Uh, I give all of my uh, you know, my predictions and stuff on there. Uh, a lot of fun, super fun things, uh, a lot of fun tweets and stuff like that. So, uh, out of, so I do two different things. I have the betting lines, which I think sports betting in America is taking off. And I think that more states should should adopt it, in my opinion. I think it's fun. Uh, it makes it like, okay, well, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. Well, do you think Tampa Bay is going to you know, beat the Chiefs by three? Well, I said yes, and I would have made money had I bet on it. I didn't bet on the Super Bowl. I was a little too nervous as a Tampa Bay fan. But anyway. So out of the games, I got two wrong, and uh, the betting lines, I was four for eight. So I was six for eight for just uh, predicting. I knew that South Dakota State would have no trouble uh, with Holy Cross. Weber State, SAU, we're going to get into in a little bit later. Uh, Delaware, 
Sacred Heart, Delaware struggled more than what I thought they were. I didn't think uh, Sacred, I didn't give Sacred Heart as much credit. And uh, I was like, wow, that was actually a really good team. Uh, but I think that might be an anomaly going into this next uh, week. We have Jacksonville State did beat Davidson in an absolute beatdown. Kind of surprised me. I didn't think that Jacksonville State deserved the four seed, uh, which I guess they kind of proved it. But uh, we'll see this next week if they're able to move on because this would essentially be the top four, right? James Madison did beat VMI. Uh, had that, North Dakota did beat Missouri State. I thought Missouri State played well. I thought it was more happenstance that they were there. I would have liked to see uh, an NAU, a Richmond, a Murray State, uh, a Louisiana or Southeast Louisiana. One of those teams there, I, I didn't think Missouri State should have been there. They were 5-3, and three, three losses. Even if it is in the Missouri Valley, I don't think it warranted you uh, to get into the to, to the call, to the playoff here. Uh, North Dakota State did beat EWU. It was a competitive game through three quarters. The fourth quarter, North Dakota State kind of pulled away. And then Sam Houston State against Monmouth. We're going to start with this one really quick with my thoughts. Uh, Sam Houston State, I thought was a little overranked. I thought Jameson State was definitely a top four team. I thought second was a little over the top. However, um, and I think that uh, Monmouth played really well. They made a couple mistakes. Uh, they they threw an interception towards, you know, right in the end zone. I mean, there were a couple of things that, that if it goes their way, the ball bounces their way, I think that Monmouth wins that game. And it, I mean, it was 15-21, to 21, so it was really, really close. Uh, I'm glad I saw the Hawks for who they were. I knew they were going to be good. Uh, I think the Bearcats are still really good, and having home field advantage against a North Dakota State team is going to be big this next uh, season. I really like what Monmouth is doing, we're going to be talking a lot about Monmouth uh, on this show. I really like them. Now for the Weber State uh, SIU game. As Weber State fans, I think it's a lot like being a University of Utah fan and a lot like being a Seattle Seahawks fan. I'm a Buccaneers fan, but I watch a lot of Seahawks games. My wife's from Washington. They're kind of her team. And so in the morning, we watch Bucks games on Sundays, and then the night, we usually catch the Seahawks game. She likes Russell Wilson. Anyway, I, I've noticed that no matter what, uh, outside of the Idaho State game, the first game of the year, Weaver State played incredibly close games. And you always thought there it could go either way. Now, Weaver State went undefeated through the Big Sky, which was amazing, and they're a really good team. This is not taking anything away from them, but it, you are sitting on the edge of your seat game in and game out. University of Utah, game in, game out. Seattle Seahawks, game in, game out. And uh, I knew it was going to be close. And I took Weaver State minus four. I thought that they would win uh, by, I thought it was going to be honestly like 21 to 17. They were going to exactly win by four. Ended up being 34 to 31, a little bit higher scoring than what I predicted. And honestly, it came down to the last drive, and it was amazing. And honestly, Weaver State still had an opportunity. To, you know, the one kid ended up dropping the ball. Uh, he's able to step out of bounds. They might be able to get up a field goal to, to force overtime. Uh, they had a couple of catches in the middle of the field uh, that weren't big enough chunk plays, and they had to burn a couple timeouts. Honestly, but a couple of bounces of the ball goes their way, and, uh, you know, Weaver State's walking away with it. It was a very competitive game. You know, kudos to the selection committee. I thought it was bad. I did not like the Missouri State pick, and I did not like SIU. I like that SIU got the, the nod because they played the extra game against Southeast Louisiana, but I didn't think, I was like, come on, we're giving the Missouri Valley way, way, way more credit than what we should. But you know what? They got this game right. I was wrong. Congratulations to the committee for getting that one right. 
6.5. South Dakota State minus 24. Uh, North Dakota State by minus 7. And uh, North Dakota by minus 5.5. Five, five and, and then uh, loss of Davidson won. Uh, it was plus 21. They ended up losing by 35. James Madison let VMI score in the last uh, couple minutes of the game. It was minus 14 was the line. Uh, I took JMU minus 14. So thank you for allowing that last touchdown. We received minus 4 again really close. The only one that I was a little off on was obviously uh, Delaware minus 20. I thought they'd win more. Uh, they only won by 9, so 11 points off. But uh, as far as sports betting, it was a lot of fun. Now, going into this next week, um, I'm not going to release the betting lines. I'm going to have to release that on Twitter because uh, as, as, as betting lines go, for those of you who don't know, Vegas will either up the betting line uh, to cover the points because they feel like one team has a higher advantage. And so they're going to, they're like, okay, well, you know, if it's, if it's minus three and all of a sudden they move it to minus five, they're like, okay, there are a lot of bets are placing they're, they're trying to cover it because they think that is going to be closer than three points the fans the the the, the sharps right and so uh it fluctuates i usually release them on friday I'll, i release my picks on wednesday uh which will what this podcast will air on wednesday and then uh and for just outright picks wins and losses and then uh the it will be a little bit later so be sure to follow that anyway so as for this upcoming week I always like to take an upset because I think it's lame. Uh, every year when my family fills out the NCAA 64-team bracket, uh, I swear everyone <laughs> usually gets to the point where it's, you know, the final four are ones and twos, which does happen. UCLA, an 11 seed this year, was able to break through, and, and you always know there's going to be an upset. So I always make it uh, like, a, like a point of emphasis that... Uh, we have an upset. We always have to have an upset. Now, all four top four seeds might win, but there always has to be an upset. And uh, this week, I'm actually going to take two upsets, and you're going to think, whoa, what's going on with you, Tyler? And I'm going to explain why. First off, we're going to go with just the regular ones. I think South Dakota State uh, dismantles SIU. Uh, I think it's going to be closer. I believe the, the score was 44-3 to last time they played. Uh, I think it's going to be closer. Uh, give SIU a little bit more credit, and you're playing the team twice. But I think South Dakota State is just a dominant team. The only team that they've really struggled against is uh, North Dakota. North Dakota actually beat them, so... I'm going to be taking them uh, to beat the Salukis of SIU. And then I'm going to be taking the Bearcats of Sam Houston State over North Dakota State. I just think that Sam Houston's defense is a little bit better. Uh, a little inexperienced at quarterback at North Dakota State. Sometimes, I mean, the kid is going to be phenomenal uh, in the future. I really like watching him play, but he's always on the precipice of disaster. It's, you know, one inch closer and it's a pick six the neck the, the way he hits it it's a touchdown it is crazy uh and north dakota state has a lot of youth on their team and uh, you know it kind of sucks that they don't have Trey lance he's not playing right now which would have been crazy he was in the the nfl draft playing but uh i'm going to be taking the bearcats i think that they are uh, a little bit better team uh even though they didn't play great against monmouth i think that the bearcats will be buttoned up against north dakota state and they get bounced the bison i know kind of crazy now for the upsets uh i went back and forth on this one and uh i really think that north dakota can beat james madison uh as does vegas uh, vegas and i really like james madison uh, i like the coach i like kurt signetti i think he's a great individual uh, has done a, ma a marvelous thing that really concerns me 
about the Dukes, and you're going to, and you might roll your eyes a little bit uh, at this, but when I look back at their schedule, they beat Morehead State, they beat Robert Morris, not really competitive games, and then they take on Elon, and 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 Elon was one and two at the time. Uh, they only won one game. They actually beat Davidson. You know, kudos to them. But they lost to Gardner Webb. They lost to Richmond. They lost to William and Mary, and then they lost to Whit Richmond again. And they gave James Madison everything they wanted. And more, and James Madison uh, had played consecutive weeks, so it wasn't like they they had, you know. And now I don't know COVID situations; I didn't follow it that close. But as, as I'm just looking as an analyst, you have two kind of blowout wins, and then all of a sudden it gets close when you play against uh, Elon. Now. James Madison did bounce back against uh, William and Mary, beat them thirty-eight to ten, and then beat Richmond to close out the year twenty-six to twenty-three to six. And uh, but they they kind of struggled against VMI. I know VMI was a good team, but I thought that James Madison, as the number three team in the country, really should have put VMI away by fourteen. That was why I chose uh, the minus fourteen, the bet on that. And uh, North Dakota, I feel like, has kind of gotten a little bit of disrespect uh, in the polls. They and, and it was because they had a bunch of games that were canceled and it was no fall on them they beat SIU they beat South Dakota State they beat South Dakota they beat Western Illinois and then they lost to North Dakota State at home and in the Fargo Dome it is very very hard to win not a lot of teams go into the Fargo Dome and win that's why I'm taking Sam Houston to beat them uh, and then they went from uh, the 20th of March and then they didn't play all the way up until the 24th of April a lot of people that's why the line was so small against Missouri State five and a half points they had two teams that opted out of the rest of the season and Missouri State got canceled and then they ended up playing them again in the in the postseason and they absolutely destroyed them 44 to 10 now it won't be in the Allura Center it will be uh back at James Madison but I'm taking the upset just because uh for the fun of it and I really think that Jan that uh, North Dakota is going to give them everything they want and more I had North Dakota as the number one seed or number one team for most of the the spring season uh them and Weaver State kind of bounced up and South Dakota State those three and James Madison those four were the uh throughout all the weeks I had them um, uh different you know different places I think it's going to be uh, a really, really good game. That's the game of the week. If you're going to tune in to a game uh, and it's going to be on Sunday this week, let it be uh, the James Madison, North Dakota. It will be on ESPN2 Sunday, May 2nd. Uh, it's going to be amazing. It, it, it truly, truly is uh, the best game of the week. And uh, I'm taking North Dakota, and I want to eat the points. I guess that's kind of... Uh, uh, well, as of right now, a minus two and a half. I think North Dakota is a really good football team. And then finally, we have Delaware against Jacksonville State. Now, I kind of bashed on Jacksonville State, but I thought they got the easiest draw. I thought Davidson and Holy Cross were the two teams uh, that I didn't think were big time uh, in as far as uh, this spring season goes. I, I thought that you know they got in because it was an automatic qualifier, and they absolutely beat down on Davidson. Uh, so kudos to, to Jacksonville State for doing that. Uh, they have a really, really good uh, quarterback, and they played really well against Florida State earlier in the fall uh, campaign. But I think Delaware is the better team. Delaware kind of stumbled against Sacred Heart. I I didn't give Sacred Heart enough credit. I watched them play I, the the Duquesne game. I heard that that's how they pronounce they enunciate it on the East Coast in Utah. It's Duchesne. But in the Duquesne game, I saw them and I wasn't really impressed. But hey, give them kudos for giving Delaware everything they want and more. But I think Delaware goes down uh, to Jacksonville State and wins. Now it's two upsets. It's kind of crazy. You're like normally you take one, uh, but they're the three and four seeds. 
and I think the lines between the seeds this year and the rest of, of the, the group is not very far off. So I'm taking uh, South Dakota State, I'm taking Sam Houston State, I'm taking North Dakota, and I'm taking Delaware. Uh, and I might be wrong, and those two might not be upsets, but it's more fun to pick an upset and to cheer for an upset than to cheer for the, the, the team that's supposed to win. That's my opinion, uh, and that's kind of like what I like to do. Like I said, as far as uh, the betting lines go, uh, I'm going to wait. Again, uh, it's already fluctuated. I'm looking right now. Uh, the the Delaware, the the North Dakota, and the the North Dakota and the James Madison game is still sitting at a prompt two and a half points. So not a lot uh, of betting. There's probably a lot on both sides, but the line has not moved on that. Uh, the South Dakota State uh, game has actually uh, fluctuated to 15 and a half, so people were starting to take the South Dakota State uh, Jackrabbit, so they needed to move the line up a little bit more against the Salukis. That is a ton of points to give up. It's really hard when you're making these big bets, uh, you, know, you know, plus 21. You're like, do you really think you're going to beat them by three touchdowns? That's a really big number. It's easier when it's a little bit closer. Uh, the Delaware... Game sat at minus three. It has actually moved in minus three and a half uh, to Jacksonville State. So it started minus three to minus three and a half. Again, you get a point to a point and a half for home field advantage. So they're suggesting it'd be a really close game. And then for the Sam Houston game, they actually have uh, it has not moved. It was plus three for Sam Houston, uh, and is still plus three for Sam Houston, which means they think that North Dakota State is going to win by a field goal. Um, anyway, I'm taking, so technically I guess, uh, you know, if I take Sam Houston right now, it's three underdogs, but I just think Sam Houston, I, I, I like my picks, and I might be one of four for all we know. Uh, I could go 0 of 4, but you know what? It's a lot more fun, and I want to put myself out there with the picks. Anyway, so this has been addition, another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. We'll obviously be talking about the semifinals. I'll, I'll highlight some of our guys that have moved on uh, to the NFL draft, and I'll obviously be talking about wherever Trey Lance goes this upcoming week. We love you guys. We're, we're grateful for all the support. Hopefully we can get back uh, to interviewing the coaches bringing them on. I know that they were really popular podcast with the group. Anyway, so I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and let's keep this ball rolling.